And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fasten Like Nails, and today is going to be a little bit different than what our usual program is like. Today, I have in the studio with me two young men, Spencer Sakal. Hello. Welcome, Spencer, and Mitchell North. Thank you for having me. Okay, Spencer and Mitchell, this is going to be a lightning speed podcast. You ready? Okay. Call it in the Greek, spadazo. Okay, so we're going to move quickly. We're going to be in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. And those that are listening for the first time, or maybe you've heard us before, we try to reach deeply into the scriptures and find those golden nuggets of truth that will inspire us to, Spencer, know God. Intimately. Proclaim him. Passionately. And enjoy him. Infinitely. Okay. And then we've just changed it recently to enjoy, or know God intimately, to partner with him joyfully and mm-hmm. proclaim him passionately. And so we're going to attempt to do that today with you guys. The things we're going to share today, I would love to see a flame being lit in your lives as you leave this room today. And so for those that have never experienced what a podcast broadcast is here at Fasten Like Nails, we're inside the bowels of an organ. Isn't that cool? Right. Yeah. I could say there's probably no other studio on earth that's inside an organ, right? No. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, Before I came to Lamplighter last weekend, I went um, doing some research on the internet just trying to see if I could find any sneak peeks and (laughs) anything, and I saw it, and I was like, where is that? And then I finally got here, and I realized, oh, wow, it's inside the belly of the organ. (laughs) (laughs) It really is something. So we got a a glass window that's five-eighths inch of thickness diagonally. It's it's cut into the wall. And then on the other side of that, there's another half-inch plate of glass on the other side of that so that the sound, you know, bounces off the glass, comes in. Inside we have all of this, you know, foam, and then we have wood, and we have plaster, we have stained glass. It's really the coolest, you know, environment, and it's it's perfect sound for what we do in right. our radio broadcast, but it's also too small for what we do. We have had... At one time, we've had 26 actors inside here. In this Whoa. single room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We don't want to tell the fire marshal. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, we're looking toward expanding, hopefully in the near future, the bindery where all of our machinery and equipment is. That will become the next studio. And then oh, wow. we'll be building the bindery, hopefully next door. Wow. Or up on the 60 acres that we're getting ready to expand on. So, okay, all of that. Um, those of you that can picture, imagine where we are, we're inside this probably 10-foot wide room and about, uh, what do you think, Spencer, 7-foot deep at the most? Yeah, uh, closer to 6. 6-foot six deep? Yeah. So if you laid down on the floor, it would be Yeah, I'm thinking about lying down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ceiling, we had to lower the ceiling. It was 30 feet, 35 foot high. Really? But the sound was swirling up to the top. Right. And so oh. we had to bring the sound back down to where it would be captured in this environment. Oh, wow. That's why I lowered it about, uh, oh, close to 15 feet. And then putting that stained glass up there. That was my, that's my signature. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I just oh. love stained glass. So it matched with the rest of the church. And we're in this 1853 classic Gothic church building that has got this gorgeous stained glass. I think it's as good as Tiffany. Of course, others probably <laughs> wouldn't agree with me, but I love it. And and Michael Card was here, and he goes, this is perfect sound in here. You yeah. know, he loved mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. Okay. Without any further delay, we're going to be in Second Peter chapter 1, and we're going to talk about 
what I believe is essential for young men like yourselves okay. to change the world for Christ. And here it is. I'm going to quote part of it. Um, now, I never put this to memory. May, oh, maybe I did. Maybe 20 years ago I tried putting it to memory. But it, I've read it so many times, it just kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So um, it starts off with Peter saying that he's Simon Peter, servant of Jesus Christ, apostle of the Lord. Okay? Notice who he puts first. What describes him first? Servant. Servant. Yeah. Just like Solomon, he says, son of David, king of Israel. He's a son first before he's a king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter's a servant first before he's an apostle. You know, so we've got to keep that in mind. Uh, Mitchell, I shared with you this morning, there's two focuses in life, two career goals in life, and they are what? Product and service. That's it. There's nothing else in life. You're either going to create a product or you're going to perform a service or you're going to do both. Okay, here at Lamplighter, what do we do, um, Spencer? Product or service? Which is which is uh, that we? What's our uh, what's our highlight here? Most mostly products, uh, the books and the audio dramas. Okay, but um, we provide a service whenever folks come and visit. Masters Guild, product or service? Uh, oh, I don't know. Do you call a program a product or a service? Probably both, but it would lean heavier on service. Okay, going out and doing all of our tours what we do with yep, our dramas service, on stage yep, yep. service right mm-hmm. um summer guild yep service uh yep service yep. service i could tell mark was not going to be a fan of that answer and then we'll start listing all the things <laughs> well yeah, I, yeah it just depends like the business lamplighter or the student relationships lamplighter you gotta have both i think i think i think the greatest form of being productive in society is providing product and service. Mm. You know, a doctor provides a service. Right. You know, um, someone that works in service master, you know, provides a service to people. But he also might have some products as well. But when you could do both, you can combine both, boy, you're pretty pretty well set for life as far as your career is concerned. Like if you're, you know, you're interested, Mitchell, in becoming a voice actor. Yes, sir. So that would be... That would be a service, but it's also you're you're packaging a product to people. You know, you've got to have a certain mm-hmm. voice to people. But if you did voice acting, sound design, and editing, and music, if you had all of those four, that's a powerful package. Okay? Now you're mm-hmm. bringing – you would be so busy, you wouldn't be able to keep up with all the business. You'd have to send business away. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be – right now in your life, you need to be preparing – for all of those extra things. You know, we talked about that this morning. You know, a good voice actor knows how to do what? A good voice actor. A good voice actor, from what I heard and also said to me as well, in your own words, is it's more about being believable and being able to communicate who that character is. And I remember you gave me an amazing demonstration of that the other day when we were working on some recording projects. And I just kind of hit a wall of not knowing really where to go. And you illustrated um, that to me by actually, unbeknownst to me, you were playing a character out of one of the stories in your books. And you were just, you know, you said, I'm a king. Talk to me like I'm a king. And then you started talking. Right. I did too. I talked once. I said some things. You're like, no, I don't like the way you made me look. And I was like, I don't understand what he means. And so then I tried again something Close to what I had done before, but I did, took a different spin on it. And then you said, no, you said, and then you said, you be the king. Okay, now before you give any more away, 
So picture this. And again, this podcast, this broadcast today is, I got two young men sitting in front of me. And those that are listening, how do we prepare the next generation for what they're going to do for the kingdom of God? You know, mm-hmm. seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. So, so mom and dads, grandparents, listeners, young people, young adults, this podcast, this broadcast, I believe is going to give you the tools and the essential knowledge to prepare young people for the next step in their lives. I think, Spencer, mm-hmm. you're pretty much on your way right now. God, you turned a corner about six weeks ago that was yeah. major in your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've been the same since. Um, no. So before, we're going to get into that a little bit more, okay? Mitchell, you're 19 years old. Yes, you're sir. You're just in the beginning stages of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. You took the biggest step of faith that you've ever taken in your life. You 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 got on an airplane at five o'clock in the morning. Which was the first part. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> it was you, an own you challenge des- in itself. You decided by faith. Let's back up. Let's tell people how, how this actually happened. Your dad sent me in a audio clip of you doing VeggieTales um, voice acting and Lord of the Rings voice acting. Right. Okay. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to um, let the people hear what you sounded like. And so what I heard that first night when I heard your voice acting. So let's listen in. Okay, Larry, it's time for the theme song. Uh, yeah, Bob. What do I do? Mm, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, I know. You play the guitar. Bob, I don't have any hands. Oh, you're right. Well, I know. You play this. I don't want to play that. I look silly. Oh, come on. It'll be fun. Nope. Not going to do it. It's for the kids. Oh, okay. Well, you better not laugh. All right. Better get on out there. If by my life or death I can protect you, I will. You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. Okay, so Mitchell, when I first heard that, that was pretty incredible. Okay, like, first of all, I never heard VeggieTales before in my life. So I don't know the characters. Really? Yeah, so I don't know if you were right on or not. All I knew is that... This is so cool. If this is what VeggieTales is supposed to sound like, it's really awesome. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Okay? But then you did Lord of the Rings, and I know John Reese davies He's a friend of mine. Okay? Right. I know what he sounds like, you know? And then then you did, uh, who's the other guy with the, the elf guy? Uh, I did Aragorn, Strider, and then Legolas, the elf, and then Gimli the dwarf, which was actually John Reese davies John Rhys-Davies. And when you did their voices, I'm going like, that is amazing. You were like dead on. And I'm like, how did those voices come out of you? So, <laughs> so I was immediately intrigued what your dad sent me. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a risk taker, you know, huge risk taker. And I'm like, so I call you up and I'm going like, Mitchell, um, what are you going to do with your life? You know, and you started sharing things. things. I said, okay, Mitchell, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get on a plane tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. We're going to fly you up here and we're going to get, I want you to be here for an entire week and we're going to work you over. You know, we're going to give you opportunities. You'll meet new people. And we're going to uh, see if you got what it takes to work here at Lamplighter, you know, and you came and of course, you're just thinking like, okay, what's this going to look like? You know, am I going to mm-hmm. get married someday? Uh, do I move to New York? Will my, my fiance want to move to New York? You know, right. the, you know, all of these, these quests, you know, for the future, mm-hmm. but we got, but I've got to bring you down to like 
you know, to earth and st- st- do the step one. Right. You know, and step one is we're going to talk about it in a second. There's seven steps, you know. And right. so so you get here and like the very first thing that happens is we drug you. You know, that wasn't really nice that we did that to you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I I feel bad. I didn't want them to do that. but Wait, We drugged him? <laughs> oh, yeah. But more specifically, so we don't give off the wrong idea, <laughs> I have never had a coffee in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so someone made me, I believe it was it was Miss Molly Mayo. She, oh, no, don't tell, don't tell who it was. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, we're bringing we accusations. <laughs> she made me a ex- espresso. Double shot. Right. Mocha espresso. Uh, yes. And then Colin, good Colin, gave me— Colin um, Smith, Professor Colin Smith. He gave me some aftermarket headache medicine (laughs) to to combat the negatives of the coffee, but to still get me springy. Anyway, here's this 19-year-old that comes here. He doesn't know what he's really doing. You know, he's a little bit lost and a little bit withdrawn and by himself— and then you know, all of a sudden he drinks this coffee for the first time in his life. And the next thing I know, he is lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I wish we I wish we could show the picture show a picture to the people of what you look like that day. But he was on I don't think he went to bed until the three o'clock in the morning. No, I I couldn't stop working on what I was working on. I couldn't think about anything else. Okay. So let's bring this now back. So so here you are. You take the first time in your life at nineteen years old. I present to you an opportunity, and you take it, and you take a huge step in faith, and you come here. Mm-hmm. you got to take time off of work. You are going to come here not knowing what you're going to do. And the first day or two, you come here, and it is not what you expect whatsoever. No. You, um, in fact, I don't even spend much time with you. No, no, no. It's kind of a— you're you're elusive, but you're elusive for a good reason. You're, <laughs> very, you're a very busy man. Spencer, have you ever seen me do this before? To people? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. Um, there's a part in uh, the new play that we're doing, and it's to uh, Beatrice, and I didn't—I don't loan her money because, mm. I, because I know that she could do it on her own. Right. And because if, I, if she thought that I was the one that was always helping her be successful, she would never know that she could do it on her own. Mm. And I just saw in you, like, there were some lessons you needed to learn a lot more than voice acting. You got the voice acting skills. They need, they need to expand and be cultivated, mm-hmm. obviously. But I felt there was something far more important that you needed to learn. And um, and I sat you down that day, the second day, it might, might have been the third day, and I told you, you needed more than anything a foundation of what? Accumulated knowledge. knowledge. Okay? That is the key, guys. Mm. You need an accumulated effect of knowledge. Mm. Um, and that only comes through God's truth, and God's truth is only found where? In God's Word. Bible. Yeah, in His Word, mm-hmm. okay? But not just in a legalistic reading Genesis to Revelation, mm-hmm. but an intimate knowledge of who He is, and, and, and just getting to know His character, getting to know what He expects of you and what you expect of Him. What I love about our relationship with God is that you can have expectations for Him. Mm-hmm. He's giving you 8,760 expectations. Those are the promises of God in the Bible. 8,767, 8,760 of them, give or take a few hundred. But in relationship to the number of uh, minutes in a day, hours in a a, a year, there are exactly 8,760 hours in a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Promise for every hour of every year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, So, so here it is. God wants you to know what those expectations are of him. 
so that you could talk to him about that. But Galord, you promised that's what Moses did with God. Right. You know, yeah. you know, God, but you you promised this, you know, and so you, you talk to God about those promises, and then God then tells you what he's expecting of you. He says, But you haven't fulfilled your ex- you haven't fulfilled your part of the bargain yet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, whoa, you're right. Okay. And so God's like, Okay, well, you do what I want you to do first, because that's how this works. God, you, right. you, God, you do what, that's what Jacob told God. You bring me mm. back to the land in safety, and, you know, you give me everything I want, and then I'm going to give you a tithe, you know? Mm-hmm. You know God, God's, God will keep his promises. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll do us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He's the sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. He will make known unto you the path of life in his presence, his fullness of joy, and his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's who God is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's like got us. I, I made a statement to you earlier this morning, and I said, what can I never do? I can never fail. Fail. Mm. That's one of his promises. Second Peter chapter 1, it says, if these virtues are in you and abound, you'll never be unfruitful nor barren in the full intimate knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the very end, it says, and he who practices these things will never fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. And one of the reasons we don't fall is because we're constantly practicing those things. Yes, you might fall briefly, but a just man does what? Right. Falls seven times and rises again. Yeah, rises again. Okay, so back to Mitchell. So Mitchell comes here, steps of faith. He gets here. He doesn't really know that he's being, like, things aren't happening according to what you had in your mind. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I say, Mitchell, more than your abilities of becoming a successful voice actor someday, you have a long road ahead of you of gaining what? Knowledge. Knowledge. So that you have an accumulated effective knowledge. So that, I haven't told you this one yet. You ready? Oh, okay. So that you live out of a cup that overflows, not out of the cup itself. Let's unpack that. Okay, you give me this blank, stared look, you know, like you don't know what I just said. So what does it mean to live out of a cup that overflows and not of a not out of the cup itself? Help us help us out, Spencer. If you're living out of the cup, then you're you're remaining inside of the cup. But if you're overflowing from the cup, you're part of what's coming out because the cup's already full. Very close. Very close. You're almost there. Spencer? Mm. Think about your cooking skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you cook? Creatively. Yeah. How's that? In the moment, I just... Adding a little bit here, a little yeah. bit. You're not yeah. confined to recipes. Yeah. I already know the flavors and what, what go together and how one thing will change the, the the flavor of another or the texture and you made me a cup of coffee last week mm-hmm. this is amazing i've never had a cup of coffee like that oh really it was amazing i loved it oh. or was it tea or coffee i don't even know if it was tea or coffee the one during the board meeting well that was amazing too no the one that had all of the the crunchy stuff in it oh <laughs> yeah fennel and anise or anise Just, however you pronounce it so living out of a cup that overflows is that you have gained so much knowledge, okay? Mm-hmm. Your base of knowledge has filled the cup. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've studied science, landscape, architecture, history, war. You've studied religion. You've studied Greek. You've studied Hebrew. You've studied flowers. You've studied ichthyology, zoology, and, and enterology, if there's such a thing. You've studied, <laughs> uh, pneumo- you've studied all this stuff, right? You've studied 
Oh, what is it for herbs? Herbology. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've studied all this stuff, right? This is a vast amount of knowledge. And your cup is now overflowing, okay? It's like Matthew chapter, I forget what it is, um, Mark chapter 4, where Jesus talks about presenting your cup. You know, he will fill it and it will overflow. So whatever cup you bring to him, he will fill. So you could bring to him a thimble and you could put all of your vast knowledge in a thimble, which isn't that much, right? Or you can bring to him a dump truck and say, fill this, Lord. And your foundation base of knowledge is that starts to overflow. You start living your life out of that overflow. So now your voice acting, you have so many other nuances to add to your voices. You're mm. adding things that people have never heard of before. You're adding things of science. You're adding things of, they're just off the cuff, spontaneous thoughts that come to you because of your large base of knowledge. And so that's what makes you different than all other voice actors, because you're adding all, when, when we do Jess Harnell, who is mm-hmm. our Finian Jones, when I'm in the studio with Jess Harnell, we have, if you've heard, you've heard Finian Jones, yes. right? He's amazing, right? He's Wise, witty. He's, he's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most of what he shares on those, those dramas are his own thoughts. Really? He comes up with those things just like that. No way. Yeah. And we're like, and we're blown away. We're in the studio going like, where did he get that from? Whoa. So cool. So witty. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was thinking about that. I started listening to the audio drama while I've been here the other night, two nights ago, Shipwrecked, um, which a large portion of it in the beginning is about Finian. Mm-hmm. And I won't give away too much because <laughs> we want people to still go listen to it. But, um, he just started rambling off these words and dialogue and like kerfluffy and stuff and then like saying 20 other words like that off He's the amazing. cuff that would yeah. rhyme with it. And I was like, who wrote the script for that? <laughs> well, we wrote the script, but beyond the script, he adds to it because of his vast knowledge, mm. cup of knowledge. Oh. Yeah. And so he lives out of a cup that overflows. So we know that we can write a good script. He makes it a great script. Because mm. he's because he's got all this vast knowledge, you make a great cup of coffee because you've been <laughs> experienced. Spencer, you tell me things from time to time. I'm like, where do you learn this stuff? Where did you? And you're like, well, I listened when I was in school. You know, <laughs> I didn't listen when I was in school, and so I've had to relearn everything. You know, mm. from from my time of becoming a Christian. You know, 1977. I've been in school. This these are my first three years of my life, from ages 65 to 68. This is the first time I've not been in school since I was 22 years old. What in the world? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to learn, right? The, I mean, yeah. the library, I've read 90% of all those books in that library. I just And so when I'm talking to you guys, things are coming out like, these are things I've learned. It's my cup of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I get to share them with you guys. And I just praise God that I can share what I'm about to share with you guys right now. A book titled... Raising a Modern Day Knight changed my life about 20 plus, 25 years ago. And it's a man who wrote down what he believed the seven most biblical principles were of biblical manhood. And they are, I'm going to let you give me the first three, Mitchell. No, don't look. You're going to do this by heart. You know these. Virtue. Nope. A will. A will to obey. A woman to love. Nope. <laughs> Before the woman to love, out. you need a will to obey and a, what do you got to do first? Before you can have a woman to love. What do you need to do to support her? 
a work to do. There you go. You got to have a will to obey and a work to do. And then? The woman to love. Because you can't have a woman to love because she'll never be safe and secure because you don't have a work to do. And you don't have a work to do because you don't have a will to obey. So we Mm. need that. You know, and that will to obey is God placing us in different circumstances and environments of different people. Spencer, you read a book recently, Come What May. Yeah. A young man. I mean, what does God put him in? What kind of situation does God put him in for his first job? It's just this oppressive environment. It's in a garden. He's working under the head gardener, and the guy is just ridiculously verbally abusive. Um, In fact— Have you ever been in a situation like that? No. I have. Yeah. Yeah, I had to live through that for 10 years. Mm. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so he didn't have 10 years. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure, a year or two in the book. But um, at one point, he he dropped some flowers— and he apologizes, and the guy says, you should have apologized before you dropped the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, to that degree, the guy, it's almost like he's trying to get the kid to quit. Um, but then he's, the main character, Roger, he's confronted with himself, and he starts to have to examine Not his Roger, faith. Not Roger, Frank. Oh, Frank, Frank, yes. Yeah. Um, so he's examining his faith, and he realizes he can't endure this trial in his own strength. And he's, he's thinking of going home for just to get some support from his mom and dad, but then he changes his mind. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to just pour out his heart to them, just let them know, oh, what was me. But he realized— Wait, wait time, time out. Did you hear that? you got to read this book, Mitchell. It is a game changer. I'm telling you, of all the books we have here at Lamplighter, this is the number one book you need to read. Come what may. You're killing me with that, Mark. You said that about <laughs> every book. <laughs> well, this one is amazing for young men who are— Considering marriage, um, thinking about career, it's it's a, it's the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he decides no human is going to cut it. He turns to the Lord, and it makes all the difference. And you have to read to find out what happens. Yeah, it's it's a game changer. Uh, it's uh, it was the book of the year until I came up found Tip Lewis yeah. and his lamp. So I kind of got two books of the year this year. It's just extraordinary stories. Mm. All of that to say. If you're going to become the man of God you want to be, God wants you to become, and you're going to be a game changer in this world, and you're going to provide a service or a product in this world that counts, that's eternal, you don't want to provide something that's not eternal. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to love what you do and do what you love, and you want to be able to do it without any thought of recompense. God will give you the income that you need. If you are looking for the income first, do what you love and love what you do, and then the income will come. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't you work for nothing. A uh, workman's worthy of his hire, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but you've got to be able to pay the price to get there to where you're deserving of someone paying you the price, that you're valued, that you're bringing value to the table. If you're not bringing value to the table, then maybe right now as a 19-year-old, you need to be volunteering. You need to go and work for someone, become an apprentice. Michelangelo, he became an apprentice at age what? I don't know. Six. What? Six years old. What in the world? Yeah, and guess what he did? Wow. Ages six to ten, guess what he did mostly? I don't know. Peeled potatoes. Oh. Maybe that's what helped him become a famous sculptor. <laughs> yeah. He was making these potatoes into people. It was amazing that's what potato, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then oh. they wouldn't allow him to touch a paintbrush. They, mm. He could only work, make beds, peel potatoes, clean the house. That's what he did. 
Mm. You know, and I look back into history and I see a lot of the great men and women of God, what they did first to prepare them was service, to serve other people really well. You know, so you may need right now in your life, you want to gain these skills in music, drama, you know, voice acting, sound design, editing. You've got to find, and God will give them to you. The very fact that you're here this week, you're already, I've already got you connected with people that you can't imagine. You know, people that are involved in some great works, you know, mm-hmm. that are the game changers in this world. And so right now you have an opportunity, but it may cost you something. And we're going to talk about this cost because I think that's the main ingredient to prepare you for manhood, biblical manhood. So mm-hmm. CS, or, um, Robert Lewis wrote this, that a real man of God has a will to obey. You've heard me talk about this so much, Spencer. Yeah. A will to obey is characterized by what most important action in a young man's life or a young woman's life to receive what? Correction. Correction. Mitchell, mm. you haven't heard this yet because you have not attended our classes. I, I feel bad that you're going to be leaving Monday because we're starting Monday to deal with Proverbs and the number one characteristic of changing a young man's heart into a wise son is receiving correction, mm. embracing correction, asking for correction. You know? Right, so not just receiving it, but actually outwardly seeking to be corrected. And, and once learn. you once you realize that the correction is God's blessing, you don't, you know, because people don't like being corrected. And so people, you know, they resist correction, you know, because it hurts their pride, you know. Mm. And, and so th- there's this constant locking of heads, you know, between, you know, a young person and their mentor. And even the mentors that are like Frank's mentor, who was a very difficult you know, abusive man. Uh-huh. But God was using that. God used Absalom, Joab, and Saul in David's life. What did David have to do for 20 years? He had to flee for his life. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, it was the javelins that were being thrown at David's head that were God's instrument to prepare him to do what? More than anything else. What did David have more than anything else that God loved? He was a man after God's own heart. Why? David had a a life of humility. He was willing to humble himself. And how did he learn to humble himself? By ducking. <laughs> you know, the javelins are being thrown at him. He's got to constantly yeah. duck. You know, um, when you walk into the studio, what do you see when you walk in the studio? Uh, there's a little piece for, if anyone's not seen it, or for those who haven't, actually, there's a little piece. So the door entrance into the studio is about four and maybe five feet, maybe five feet at most. And there's a little piece of tape when you open these no, doors. No, but above the tape, what's up there? Oh, I haven't seen the wooden duck. Yeah, there's a duck. What does that tell you? To duck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you walk into the studio, there's got to be a sense of humility before you get in here. Mm. It's a reminder to humble yourself. Oh, that's why it's there? Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have, to, I have to blame uh, Colin for that because he told me that the duck was there because it was Finney and Jones's duck phone. Oh, oh no, no. That's so I missed there. the bigger I mean, lesson there. But I know it now, and that's what's important. Thank you for spending time with us today. And please join us again next week as we continue our studies in another episode of Fastened Like Nails. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts.
a cottage to furnish. Oh, mine is the prettiest. The walls are all quite rough and bare. If it remains unfurnished, it will be no one's fault but your own. Friends to avoid. You have great ability. It's true. But it can all be destroyed in a second by pride. You're going to let him talk to you like that, Guff? <laughs> Laugh at this, Lubin. Robert! Oh, Miss Folly tells me not to worry about winter, but to enjoy myself while I can. And a crown of success to win. All before Mother returns. I get over everything with a hop, skip and jump. But all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I must not give up. Cost what it might. I must at least try. Lamplighter Theatre's newest audio drama, Crown of Success. A whimsical new story the whole family can enjoy on the next Lamplighter Theatre.